This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am joined on this Friday morning by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? Hi, Dave. You seem great. <laughs> you seem tremendous. That was That was something. That was uh, something else. What was worse, that game, that or game. or Pitts the Sun Bowl? Mm, mm, that game. Yeah. Uh, Sun Bowl relevant. Who cares? It's a bowl game. Nobody gives a shit. Well, I know, uh, but it kind of left you with a bad taste in the way it happened. And totally. Yeah. 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 But uh, last game actually mattered um, in a fundamental way, um, and they played a lot worse. I mean, the the Sun Bowl, you know, they gave it away at the end, the whole thing. But uh, this one, um, it wasn't luck. It wasn't – so Arizona, you could explain it away. So we've got two games to talk about because we didn't talk about Arizona either. But I think these kind of – these two kind of go hand in hand because Arizona, you can explain away. They, they shot – horribly but they played pretty good defense they held a really good offense to 58 points um and just couldn't buy a shot so that's that's easy that's that that fits the ethos that fits the that fits the mold of a of ucla under mick cronin you can say oh well they missed shots but they still played really good defense and had a chance to win despite the fact that they shot you know basically uh had one of their worst shooting nights of his tenure um usc you you neither of the USC games are explained that way. There's a reason Mick Cronin was super pissed after the two-point win over uh, over USC uh, two weeks ago in Pauly. Um, and this one was uh, essentially the exact same game, except um, UCLA quit even harder in the second half. Um, I mean, the, the level of intensity and effort was... The kind of oscillating intensity and effort you saw in the first half of his first year um, last night. Uh, it was shockingly bad in the second half. Um, the lack of focus offensively, the number of just horrible sloppy passes. Um, it was just a, a, a completely woeful effort um, and completely woeful level of focus. And I thought it was really interesting. And this goes to people not really understanding how to read Mick because he didn't go in on the team last night. And I think that's the point at which if I'm a member of the team, I get scared because um, he's saving it uh, for practice because there's no way he watched that game and said, oh, we just got beat by a good team. Uh, they, they they allowed themselves to get beaten. They they USC came out of the locker room with the exact same level of intensity and effort. They came out of the locker room uh, at Pauly. Uh, in the second half, 
And UCLA, like, semi-sort of responded at different points in that second half. They never responded in this game. Even when it got close again, it had almost nothing to do with UCLA's effort. It was everything to do with USC taking bad shots. Um, it this, this was, I think, for my money, it was the worst game they've played this year. Um, and one of the worst halves they've played in a long, long time. And that, you know, we, we've watched a lot of bad halves this January with all the shooting woes. This was the worst one by far. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was the worst, easily the worst game for me. Um, I kind of threw off the two early losses in December as, you know, just uh, growing pains. Um, this one, this one was tough. We're still a long ways away. Uh, you know, we we got a we got a ways to go until we're at the NCAA tournament. But it's interesting to try to analyze why the effort and focus just trailed off so badly in that second half. And uh, I, I mean, they are getting it's a, it's it's. The dog days of the season, you're you're sludging through this right now. Um, they're tired, hasn't used an extensive bench. So uh, the starters are, I, I mean, Jalen Clark, his signature shot, you, I mean, easily a signature shot is that is that little floater. It's, it's officially not a slump. It is a funk. I mean, he has not made that shot. I mean, it's not it, just, he's gotten his own but, offensive rebound and put it back in, but he has not made that shot now. And it's easily not just in over a shot. month. If he was missing that shot all day, but he was still playing defense and not playing. Because um, here's the thing it's not just that he's missing the shots offensively, it's that he's getting a little bit more selfish because he's trying to. He's trying to get in a rhythm. But that one jump hook he took after the offensive rebound. Where he looks to the perimeter, sees some open guys, but says, no, I'm going to take this back up, and then misses it again. Got him pulled, um, but the, he can't be making those kinds of plays, and then turning it over. Um, he's the, the amount of times that he's been cutting, and the other guy passes to where he was, or he attends to pass it, and the other guy starts cutting, he's out of sync with uh, the other guys, Um and it's infecting his defense, too. As soon as he came back in after Mick benched him after the bad jump hook, uh, he does this unnecessary uh, help off of his guy uh, to help Tiger, who doesn't switch to Jalen's guy until way too late, leading to um, an easy bucket. Uh, it's infecting everything uh, that he's missing shots, which is so interesting because a few weeks ago, uh, Cronin talked after one of the games and he said there's a few guys on the team it doesn't matter if they miss a shot they'll keep playing uh, their game and he cited David Singleton and Jalen Clark two of the guys who I think have been very much affected by their not shot not going in in the last couple of weeks it's really interesting um, and weird uh, to see that happen but no Clark Clark isn't playing well on either end right now and, uh, and then even though Jaime Hawkes led the team with 15 points He's still not really that go-to guy that you need to get a bucket right now. Um, it's You just don't feel greatly confident he's going to get that bucket. Um, he goes through these stretches, though, every single does. year. Um, yep. Yep. Where it just looks like he's... Um, 
I don't want to say going through the motions because I wouldn't. I I wouldn't say he played like a. He didn't play like a low effort game. Um, it's just with with the way he plays and the way his body is and the way his game is, he needs to be playing with like 90, 95% intensity at all times. And so when he plays his 80% intensity game, it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work for him. He needs to be playing hard all the time. And that's really hard. That's difficult to do, but defensively he was not getting deflections. He was not, uh, uh, playing aggressively, uh, in the way that he needs to, um, and it hurt that, uh, USC was attacking UCLA switches a lot. UCLA was unnecessarily switching a lot. And so he often ended up on smaller players. There were a few, you know, bad plays on boogie as pretty much everyone had. Um, but then offensively, I, I, I didn't hate what he was intending to do, but you can't turn it over like that. Um, he was getting doubled and tripled a lot. So he's passing. That's good. You just can't pass to the other team three times. Um, which he did. Uh, it was just, uh, it was a sloppy, uh, unfocused game, and uh, no one really stepped up. I mean, I would say the guy who stepped up the most was Amari Bailey, uh, who played shockingly well for having sat out, you know, basically a month of practice and, and games. But um, nobody else played well. Nobody else stepped up. But Dembona had a nice first half, and then in the second half, he was kind of the leader of the unfocused. Um, I guess what the biggest worry here, in the other games when they've gone cold, they can't find their offense, whatever, offensive slump. They've been able to be competitive in, in a game, even against Arizona down the stretch, because they, they played decent defense. The defense was bad in Horrible. the second half. Horrible. Bad. I, I, I mean, so many open looks just... Just no intensity and uh, just breakdowns right and left. It, yeah, it was, it, it, I haven't been worried really about this team yet this season. I mean, they've only lost four games, so, but um, there have been times, you know, they've had to come back to win games. So there have been times probably where you might be able to worry. I haven't, now this was worrisome. Um, USC, to its credit, is is not a great matchup for UCLA. Uh, USC is a good defensive team when they play defense, um, and that can that can stop good defensive teams can stop down UCLA's offense. And when UCLA's offense, I think it kind of is a chain reaction. UCLA's offense then can't create a basket. And then I think, as as anyone will tell you that's close to basketball, if, if you're not able to put the ball in the basket consistently throughout a game, it eventually affects your defense. They just can't keep holding up that di- that spinning dish. Um, I I I tweeted this during the game, um, and and I kind of really do believe it. Um, in we could talk about this because I know at the beginning of the season I agreed with you about Tiger Campbell, you know, when uh, Mick Cronin, I don't know if he actually said it, but he wanted him to channel his his Steph Curry. He said um, it like five times. Five times, yeah. Um, I do believe 
the guy who I trust to put the ball in the basket most often is Tiger Campbell on the scene. Um, they have to be what what happens when the offense shuts down, and this is what S this is what USC did in the second half both times. So Tiger gets his ball screen, he comes off, and usually UCLA will do some stuff. They'll either they'll either actually hard screen, they'll show the screen, they'll do all the stuff to confuse the defenders off of that off of that pick, and then Tiger is able to do whatever he needs to get open. Um, that step back, hit a three, go into the lane, pull up. USC completely defended that really well. Um, but they, they, that is their, their most reliable shot on this team by far is Tiger Campbell taking a few bounces, getting into the lane at about 15 feet. And shoot it. I don't know what else is as reliable. Um, I guess that I, I, we could. I mean, I, I guess my my overarching thing is um, too much. I think a big focus on our message board right now is the offense. A big focus is you know how do they get scoring? They allowed one point. 28 points per possession in this game in a 60 possession game they allowed 77 points it doesn't matter if tiger campbell scored 25 in this game they weren't winning yeah but uh, did, did you what i'm saying though is when they cannot create manufacture a basket it eventually will break down your defense i mean to an extent but the the the, the manufacturing the like um uh isolation scoring wasn't they weren't even getting to that point they weren't getting shots off because they kept turning the ball over. Um, it's not the one guy on the team who really struggled putting the ball in the basket was Jalen Clark. Everyone else shot more or less. Okay. David Singleton missed a lot and he got blocked on one, which was kind of sad to see. Uh, but he hit four of nine from three. Everyone else shot. Okay. Uh, it's just, they turned the ball over a ton. Tiger turned it over four times. Uh, Dembona and Jaime each turned it over three times. They had 13 turnovers in a 60-possession game. Uh, you do that, it doesn't matter if you're ISO scoring or not. You can't play that sloppy. Uh, Jalen Clark is the one who I would say, if he can't start shooting uh, at a higher clip, if it's going to infect his defense this way, I don't know that he can start anymore. Um, because it's just it, it, it creates this dead spot on the floor. Um, where it's just, if you're playing four on five against an athletic defense like USC has, there's just too much length everywhere. And if they don't really have to pay attention to that guy, uh, it's, it's good night. Um, I mean, and that's what, uh, it's hard to narrow this down and you don't want to just single out one person, but he went zero for seven and he scored three points. So if I'm, if I'm going with my theory, you're losing your second best scorer. Um, and then you take that away. So now who's putting the ball in the basket? And then they are expending so much energy on offense trying to create a good look that it wears down their ability to play defense. So right I guess now, my point is... I, I don't want to just blame him, but yeah, that this is a big thing. Um, yeah. That Jalen Clark needs to... Step up. 
Well, and uh, so I, I, I don't want to uh, hit it too hard, but um, it people want to make a claim that there's an offensive problem. And here's where, like, I, I, I struggle with this a little bit because Jalen Clark was hitting those bunnies, those floaters, those runners, whatever you want to call his little one-handed shot, at an exceptionally high clip in November and December. Really, really, really high clip. He was hitting it at almost 50%. In January, it's now got to be under 25% after this showing, because uh, I think all seven of his, uh, uh, all five of his misses from two or those little floaters, it's got to be under 25% now. Um, is this more what he is from that range, or is it more of what we saw in November and December? Well, I they think played against still, worse competition in November and December. But if you go back through his historical record, uh, he's never been this bad. Uh, with his touch around the basket. Um, he's generally been good from two-point land. Uh, so, But he's in a hellacious slump. And normally when you're talking about slumps, you're thinking three-pointers. Uh, you're thinking, you know, the long-range shots. He's in an insane slump from about six feet out. Uh, he cannot hit those shots. And it, it feels like it's a mental block at this point. Um, but you can't have that. Like, he's he's... Those seven misses are almost turnovers with how automatic the the, the miss shot is, um, and uh, th- they can't continue to do that. Um, yeah. And that's that's probably the, the the biggest worry for me from January is how lost his offense has gotten, and now with this game, how much it infected his defense. So the big discussion, you know, is this a Final Four team? Well. <laughs> We're in late January, so so much is different in March. Uh, does it look like one? Well, of course not. But there's a lot of growth for this team that could happen. And if you look around and watch a lot of teams, everyone is either losing or sneaking by in the top 10 and not particularly looking great. Um, it's not like there are two or three incredible teams that you would just say are locks for the Final Four. So... It's everyone shouldn't cast off the team. I think they're still easily one of the top eight teams in the country. Wouldn't you say? No doubt. Yeah, zero so, question about it. So, uh, so yeah. that gives them a that gives them an absolute chance to make a run in the tournament. In in Mar- everyone, the way the NCAA tournament, it is. If you get to the final, it's six games, and you can be hot. At the time, you can be putting it together. A couple of players who were freshmen have grown it. It's There's so many variables to it that you just can't say, this isn't a team that can't make a run Let me, in the end. Okay, let's, let's, let's walk some things back for just a second because I think everyone needs a, a little reality check. Uh, they're 17-4 and four right now. They lost two. So they've lost to four teams, all of whom are in the Ken Palm top 42. Uh, every single one of them happened away from home. Uh, if you remember as far back as literally last year, they lost all three of these road games in a row, ASU, Arizona, and USC. Uh, this year they won one of them. And if you look at the next 10 games, the, the final stretch of the season, they're going to be favored in every single one of those games. Every single one, they're going to be favored. So just, you know, calibrate around that they're going to go on a run because they will unless they massively collapse but if your complaints and i'm speaking now to the people out 
out in uh, Broland. In Broland, if your complaints with the team are everything that's happened over the last month, well, in the last month they're five and two, and they lost to the two best teams they played, uh, USC right now with with Vince back and Arizona. Uh, they don't have to play USC again, and they don't play Arizona until the last game of the year. Yeah, could they lose at Oregon? Sure. Could they lose at Utah or at Colorado? Sure. Are they going to lose all three of those? Almost certainly not. Uh, they're probably going to go on like a, I don't know, at worst eight and two run to end the year. I would guess probably nine and one. Uh, they're they're going to be in pretty good shape for a very high seed in the NCAA tournament. What we're talking about right now is what are the potential limiting factors for them being a title team? Uh, but this is a very good basketball team, notwithstanding two losses in a row to, you know, two of the best teams they've played in the last three months, uh, Arizona and USC right now. Uh, they're, they're, they're still very good. They're going to be very good. They, of course, have potential to make a run. It's going to be dependent on them, you know, playing hard defense. But we've seen one game literally in the last, I don't know, what are we talking about here, since Thanksgiving? One game that they haven't played good defense, and that was last night. Every other game, it's been really good defense and then a question of whether or not they're going to hit shots. And, and here's the thing about SC. I mean, as a team, from what we've seen of them, I've watched them play, I'd say, eight times. You would say they're not very good, but they are really talented. If they put this together, they could be very good, especially with uh, Chukwu. Yeah, he's, dude, he's a stud. Oh my! Those turnaround baseline jumpers, free throw stroke, man. That I mean, was crazy. A free throw stroke. I mean, a Dembona has nothing in his repertoire like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Boogie Ellis can generally, if he wants to, seems like can make just about any shot when he's. He can. He can take any shot. He can. Yeah, but he can. He can. What I'm saying, they can. They have the talent. To be able to beat anyone on a good night. It's not like they're not talented enough to do that. Um, like there are teams that on a good night, they couldn't beat anyone in the country. SC can, especially with him. I mean, Dixon Waters, the last game, they had no one. UCLA couldn't, had no one who could de- defend him. Um, they've got some, we're not even talking about our boy Peterson. So yeah. they're they're good. <laughs> Um, they've just played way. They've far underachieved so far this. Well, they've they've season. been a, they've been hugely better since ascent. Again, kind of like UCLA since Thanksgiving. I mean, they lost at Wazoo, and if you remember, UCLA almost lost at Wazoo. They lost at UCLA, where they again had that insane second half where they almost came back and won it, uh, but for uh, Jalen Clark. And then they lost at Arizona. Um, th- their situation does not look all that dissimilar from UCLA's. It's just they have some bad things that they have to sweep under the rug from November that UCLA doesn't have. I mean, they've got the Florida Gulf, Gulf Coast loss. Uh, they haven't blown out their opponents the way that UCLA has. But they're they're not bad. Um, and they've gotten a lot better. They're probably going to be a tournament team now, um, thanks to beating UCLA at home. Um, so this isn't the, the reason that after this game, UCLA didn't drop in Ken Palm from four, uh, they're still at four. They didn't drop in the net. They're still at five is because it's a quad one loss. Uh, USC is pretty good. 
they didn't get beaten that badly. Uh, they lost by 13. It's not quite into the 25 range. Um, now, is it good? No. Uh, UCLA now only has a one-game lead in the Pac-12, but they still have a one-game lead in the Pac-12. Uh, and this is where I think people get like a little bit too hung up on want to win every game. Uh, maybe it's like, you know, it's still January. You're still getting out of the, the, the football mentality where every loss is like, you know, God, you're, you're done. Uh, te- basketball teams lose games. This isn't the wooden era. You're going to lose. Uh, they've lost four games. They've lost four games out of 21. They're probably going to finish with something like six losses. That's That'll be Mick's best regular season at UCLA. In case yeah. anyone's curious. Um, and here's the major silver lining. Right now, which is foolish to say because this decision won't be isn't being made right now, but no one's going pro early. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, the, Except the, Jaime Hawkes. The and Jalen I, Clark thing. Uh, Jalen, let's talk about Jalen Clark. You you go first. All right. So I, I as everyone knows, am uh, the biggest Jalen Clark honk uh, in history. Uh, he's in an insane offensive slump right now. Um, when we were talking at the beginning of January about him, it was, wow, he's hitting a lot of his shots. His shot doesn't look great, but it's going in at like 37% from deep. Um, he rebounds like a fiend. He's stealing the ball. You know, there's a there's an avenue for him. Uh, he better hope nobody's watched January because his touch around the basket's gone completely cold. Uh, it has infected his defense, especially in this last game. Um, and it's hard to imagine the path for him uh, to be anything other than, you know, a flyer free agent that they hope they can workshop on. Um, but you have to be able to hit open shots at a much, much greater clip than he is right now. There's um, also the element of, and the NBA definitely looks for this, they just... Whether you're a guy who is going to rise to the occasion and step up, and right now he's not he's not that guy. We've seen him do that last year when they needed him when people were hurt and he and he did it. Right now he's not that guy. Um, His passing it, has fallen off considerably. If if he just if he just started playing decently the rest of the year, I don't think he would still be projected to even be drafted. Maybe maybe second round. Right, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a draft guy, um, but if if the same guys who started putting him in the end of the first round or early second round in December when he was playing really well actually watch the games right now, his uh, my read on him as a prospect is if you liked him uh, before, all those same tools are still there, but I, I just don't understand how a team can draft what is a Jalen Clark is an a very good athlete. He's not Russell Westbrook level. He's he's very good. He's got great quickness, great great anticipation, but he's not like super explosive. He's not that guy. So you're not getting a freak athlete. You're getting a an NBA level athlete, but not a freak. Um and his skills have uh I won't say eroded, but he's shown much greater flaws in his skills than he was showing through the first 2 months of the season. Um I know everyone has amnesia. Uh, in in November and December, everyone, including us, we were talking about how good of a passer he was, how uh, uh, underrated he was as a passer. 
his natural feel for the offensive game. Is that recognizable with the player anybody is watching in January? Um, I would say no. He's fallen back a little bit on being the rebounding guy, which is great. Um, but his his passing has been virtually non-existent. Uh, he has, what is it, nine assists in January against 12 turnovers. Um, this is not the guy we watched in November and December. And sure, some of it is the competition getting better. But against Kentucky and Maryland, he had five assists and one turnover. Um, it's not just that. Uh, he's in a funk, like a really bad funk. And it'd be great to see him break out of it in a huge way in February and put himself firmly on those draft boards because that'll mean UCLA in general is playing a lot better. But with the way he's playing this month, it's hard to imagine him uh, being a draftable prospect after this year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And then throw in, I mean, Amari Bailey, who missed, how many games did he miss? Six? Seven, I think. Seven? Um, right now, he's not a draftable guy. He's just, he's just not. Um, does he have some upside? Yes. I went back and watched some of his junior clips, junior and high school clips. He has lost some explosiveness. And it's it's really curious because usually when you see a, however much athleticism some kid has as a junior in high school, it's only going to get better when he becomes a real man. Um, and he's still, he's he's not old for his age. So it's, it's curious. We've attributed it to a, a couple of different injuries he's had since his senior in high school and then this year. I don't know if that's it, <laughs> but I don't see him. He'd have to really blow up the rest of the season and in the tournament for him to even be draftable at this point. A Dembona might be the most among the three. You might think he would make some draft boards, but wow. Um, I would first projected first round based on what we've seen right now. I would say no, probably second round. Um, and as I wrote on the forum, if that continues, if that's his status, it's, you know, it's, there's a good shot that he ends up returning. I think among those three guys, there's a good shot at least to return. Um, I, and I'm telling you, there it is not out of the question 
that Tiger Campbell returns. Um, uh, we could go into all the details of why, but I'm just telling you, leave it at that. It's not out of the question. Let, let's let's just leave it there. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of the silver lining. They're 17-4. and four. They're going to be positioned to make a run in the tournament, I think. But the silver lining is not all of these guys that we assumed were leaving will, at this point, have just a clear path to be leaving and, and stay in the NBA draft. Will they put their name in the draft and test the waters? Probably yes. I would be surprised if Mick Cronin is going to wait around to June like he did with Jules Bernard. Um, yeah. He's going to want his roster set. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it, so much is going to depend on how they start playing. I mean, if, if Amari Bailey suddenly looks like a stud in February, I mean, looking at how he played last night, if they suddenly start starting him over Singleton or Clark, and he, you know, carries them to a two-seed or a one-seed, well, right. who knows? That, no, no, no. If that happens, absolutely. I, I'm saying that's an unlikely scenario that, for Amari Bailey, given what we've seen, even pre-injury, totally. could could happen though. Yeah. But I guess my point is, all of these guys, it, we've seen it enough with UCLA over the years where somebody starts looking really good. Look, I mean, Johnny Juzang borderline almost decided to go after twenty twenty one, and he's barely an NBA player. Um, you know, it's just you can get a lot of hype, and draft evaluators are not perfect, and it's this this thing that there's like a science to it. And all these guys are following the same guidelines, and they're all like, "Oh, we judge athleticism, but you need to make open shots." It's all bullshit. It's <laughs> it's there's prone to the same fallacies that everyone else is. They're they're just pros at it, and so they're better than most people. But if a Dembona goes out there and um, I don't know, they play Purdue in round three, and he just crushes Edie despite having like a seven uh, inch disparity in height. And he scores like 18 points and pulls down 12 rebounds. He's going to get drafted in the first round. He just will. Um, and, you know, you'll just have to live with it because that probably means something good for UCLA. But it, it, so much of it's going to depend on how they actually play over the next month and a half. But right, right but what now, I'm saying yeah. is there is now a distinct possibility that some of the some of these guys return. When sure. before we were thinking if you just projected them on what you thought how they would play. And given their back, each of their personal backstories that they would leave, I'm saying both of those things have changed. Sure. Um, and, that, and that gets me talking a little bit. There was a slight development in 2023 recruiting. Brady Dunlap, um, 6'6", wing from Harvard-Westlake, is getting out of his letter of intent to Notre Dame. Um, I don't think he's gotten out yet. I think he only announced that he intended to. Um, I can't, uh, there's no reason to doubt that he wouldn't. Um, should UCLA take Brady Dunlap or not? It's an interesting question. I've been talking to various people about it. Uh, Mick Cronin went to see Harvard Westlake. Um, when was it? A couple of, uh, oh, last Saturday, I think. Um, no, I can't even remember. Went to see him this week, let's say. Um, I think it was like Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, that was it. Um, he's six six, good shooter. Like I'd say, even a great shooter. Uh, not just three point shooter, but he, he has 
he has the length and ability to take it into the lane, pull up, and consistently hit that shot. Average athlete, uh, people are saying he's just another Jake Kyman. He's not. He's he's a. I hate I hate I hate that kind of thing because that just puts him in some kind of um, box, and and everyone's different. Um, he's he's a better athlete than Jake Kyman. Not a great athlete, but a better athlete. Um, he plays. He plays hard. He's a winner. I'm not advocating that they should take him. He is a shooter. It would be nice to have a sh- to have a shooter, given what we've seen from this team this year. But then you're also thinking, if you're going, if you want a shooter, you could possibly go out into the transfer portal and get an experienced shooter who could plug in. I mean, most freshmen have that learning curve of they don't just plug in and start shooting 40% from three unless you're Grady Dick. Um, so there's a lot to consider. He, he's probably, he's easily a three to four year guy. His dad went to UCLA. They're UCLA people. He would want to be there. Um, he's probably not going to make a decision for a long time, just getting out of his NLI. He'll probably want to see what the situation is, what, you know, <laughs> you, you don't want to jump into anything and maybe another coach, you know, is retiring or fired. So, I could see him not committing somewhere for a while when he gets out of his NLI. So there's that, um, which is which is interesting uh, to to think about taking him um, or possibly a transfer who could supply that same role of what he does, but do it as let's say a junior or a senior. Um, so that's all kind of interesting. One one thing I have to say too. Um, Mick Cronin went out to watch Harvard Westlake when uh, a 2024 guard, Trent Perry, had a spectacular game. He had a triple double um, and looked really good. I would not. I would bet that Trent Perry has moved up on UCLA's 2024 recruiting board. Um, six three um, doesn't do one thing really well, but does a lot of things. I'm mixed on him right now. Uh, a decent athlete, not a great athlete. Um, not a point guard. Uh, more of a uh, more of a shooting guard. Can has a nice shot. Can sh- really shoot the ball. Put the ball in the basket. A good defender. Not fantastic. Um, like I said, decent quickness. Uh, a glue, a three to four year glue guy, in my opinion. A lot of programs already after him. Uh, great kid, Harvard Westlake kid. Good, good grades. So just to have that on your radar, that that that's something. I, I don't necessarily think he he could get offered soon, but if there's a 20, local twenty twenty four kid who could get an offer, it would probably be him. Well, that'd be good. Um, you know. I, I think uh, with the um, uh, the capriciousness uh, associated with international recruiting at this point uh, and UCLA, um, keeping irons in the fire, especially with local kids, um, is, I think, critical. And they've well, done a good job Harvard of it. Harvard-Westlake, so. too, is, yeah. is a good thing because it's a, that's nice to create a pipeline there. They've got, they've got other guys, too. Uh, they've got the sophomore Kamenya, who I really like. Six eight, 
essentially combo forward, mostly a power forward, skilled, really good passer, really knows how to play. Uh, and I know I, that the UCLA staff really likes him too. Um, so I mean that that might maybe Brady Dunlap also helps with the whole Harvard Westlake thing. Um, so yeah, there's that. But if we're talking recruiting, Dave. Oh, is this a is this a transition? Should I play the music? Do you have music? No. I was I was really excited, like you had created some little thing. Transition. Man, man, I like it, but I don't know if everyone else did. Um, it's okay. Currently, UCLA is hosting an official visit, a transfer, a cornerback from Ole Miss, uh, Davison. Ibnosen, um, freshman All-American last year, as a true freshman, actually. A big-time impact player, uh, like I said, arrived on his official visit yesterday, Thursday, Thursday and Friday, yeah, but Tracy, Saturday. But Tracy, Tracy, he, he took some pictures uh, in I Los Angeles talk about that. and was I'm excited just, about Los Angeles, I'm, so he's not coming ahead. to UCLA. I just wanted to lay the groundwork. He's going to Ohio State for a day after that. Tennessee... <laughs> If you've spent any time on our forum with all the links to Tennessee, Tennessee feels like they have him wrapped up because he's already no. So okay, been so admitted into Tennessee. I need to do the okay. No, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, I've been reading our message board too much, very clearly. <laughs> However, uh, I went to the Tennessee board to see what everyone was talking about, and literally within that thread, they're like, I don't know. I mean, guys get enrolled in the student directory all the time. Who all knows? All the time. And the That's Tennessee the Tennessee mod is clearly like uh, uh, we haven't heard this. Obviously, he's in the directory. They feel like you know they have a chance, but this doesn't mean anything. Okay, uh, good. Nobody can find the source of the Ole Miss report except uh, the Ole Miss guy saying that he's going to Tennessee, except to say that it's some rivals dude who doesn't know anything who's basing it off of the student directory the same way. And that creates our forum going off on this crazed tangent. Which Insane. that whole energy that then he starts putting up his Instagram photos of him posing in front of a, a Rolls, a Rolls Royce. Royce, yeah, and everyone starts questioning whether he's a good fit if he's just taking a trip, just to take a trip to L.A. Oh my, oh my God, absolutely oh. bonkers, bonkers. Um, For one thing, guys, let's just let's just remember this. Maybe we've all forgotten this. UCLA attracts one of its major attractions is to come to Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, the entertainment capital of the world, the glitz and the glam. That's You want a kid who, who kind of, I mean, I know we all want just guys who are serious about football, but there can be guys who, who like all that glitz who are still serious about I football. Mean, I, That's I, what I, UCLA used to recruit to and recruit well. I truly do not understand any of it because, okay, one, he's attracted to the LA glitz and glamour. That's a positive. That's a positive. Two, two, he's a freshman All-American, which means he cares about football. Three, he's an honor roll student. No, you, yeah, wait, two big points. Number one, he's already proven that he's, do you think he's going to come to LA and he'll just start going to all of these parties and he'll suddenly not be the same player he was as a freshman All-American? I am, I am baffled, baffled. And and he has good, and he's good academic. (laughs) This is, if you're looking for a recruit, this is an ideal world. This is the recruit. ideal guy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, if I, I read, said, that, thre- if I read had, that thread if yesterday. If he had acted like, oh, I like it. I like it back in 
uh, in uh, Co Columbus where it's minus four degrees. I, I don't know if I like this weather. Weather means nothing to me. Clearly, L.A. is an attract attraction for him. I just it's uh, and clearly it's high season for everyone being absolutely insane, me included. So I'm not this isn't this isn't said with any judgment, but I read that thread yesterday and I was honestly and this is something for our message board. I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away by how unhinged it was. I was too. It was incredible. I tried to I tried to send it down the other way because the real takeaway here is five years ago, Chip Kelly on official <laughs> visits wouldn't take the official visitors, the recruits, off campus for dinner. You have some of the and best kept, restaurants in the world, some of the and glitziest. And kept them to one day. One and, day and visits. Wanted, and wanted to keep it to one day. So <laughs> now, if you're talking about a guy, if uh, let's give Chip Kelly credit. He has changed his tune. He is obviously signed off on this guy doing a photo shoot in front of a Rolls Royce. <laughs> in a UCLA. Oh, no, that was... That was in the Ziggy Marley. But later, the one in the – he's wearing a UCLA jacket when he's in the uh, the elevator. Yeah. Chip Kelly, what's next? Seriously. Are we going to see Chip Kelly posing in front of <laughs> yeah, a Rolls Royce up. with a big yeah. chain, like a big dollar sign chain around his neck? Yeah, he's going to be taking the video like Brian Kelly, uh, that video of him uh, oh dancing. My when he oh, my God. Oh, my God. I swear, um, that would be uh, – that would be – the capper of my entire career of doing this, if we could get Chip Kelly to do that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, hopefully they get him. He's um, very good at football. Also, um, the you Oregon. Absolute lovely people out there. Yes. I, I, honestly, I mean, it, it, is NIL going to be a factor? Yes. But good on you also, bro, stepping up. Um, bro, bro stepping up big time. Yeah. Um, and don't think that doesn't impact literally specific recruitments because it, it definitely 100% does. Uh, also, um, on campus tomorrow is the Oregon defensive line transfer, Keanu Williams. <sighs> Looking good for him, like I've been saying for a few weeks. Um, especially good. Uh, that he's coming down on his own dime. UCLA's running out of official <laughs> official visits, by the way. Um, they've used a lot. Um, coming down on his own dime, I, I would be stunned if there wasn't a boom. I wouldn't say stunned. I would be surprised if there was not a boom as a result of that. Uh, they have a few other uh, unofficial visitors, uh, 2024 guys, a couple of 2023 potential walk-on guys. Oh, we didn't. Uh, did we talk about? We didn't. Did we talk about uh, Kunta's commitment? No. Okay. Um, here's another thing. <laughs> I I wrote a headline that said it's a big commitment, and we got a lot of flack for that. An old Dominion tackle. Why is this a big commitment? It's because if you the number one probably probably priority transfer portal before his commitment was absolutely left tackle. I, I mean, just to get a, a left tackle who's played in college football and started for two years and played against, you know, coastal Carolinas of the world and done well is, is, you know, to get that guy. But then after watching him, 
he's pretty good. Like I watched Raekwon O'Neal at the same time last year. And I have to say, you know, this guy looks all as good as Raekwon O'Neal did. And Raekwon O'Neal was solid at left tackle. So given the need, it is a big commitment. And I know there are plenty of guys out there that just don't want to give Chip Kelly some credit for all this. But that, that that's a big commitment. Wouldn't you say, Dave? Yeah, it's a big commitment. Um, I mean, I think as a player, I mean, uh, at minimum, they've got somebody who was going to be better than what they had on the roster. Um, because the idea of nobody out there watched spring at the level that we did, but just take our word for it. The idea of Garrett DiGiorgio having to slide back over to left tackle is terrifying. Um, and getting a guy who has played that position and started at that position. I mean, he started all 12 games last year at left tackle, uh, eight games the previous year at left tackle and seven games the previous year, six games, uh, the previous year at left tackle. So he's played the position. Uh, he's played it for uh, an FBS program. Uh, Old Dominion is now. So yeah, I mean, it's is it is it getting the you know the best left tackle for Alabama? No, but is it getting a guy who can plug into that position and probably play it at at least an average level? Yes, and that's actually huge. You got to take into account what is the alternative when you're thinking about, especially transfer recruiting. This guy will plug in and start. What was the alternative? And if it's playing Garrett DiGiorgio and sliding somebody else into right tackle, this is better than that. Getting a big commitment, and I'm using air quotes, is so dependent on, especially in transfer, in the transfer era, on the immediate need and what, and what that recruit, that need that he will fulfill. Getting a four-star receiver who weighs 180 pounds and is probably at least a year from contributing, you could probably call that a big commitment and no one would complain. But no, that's <laughs> that's not as big. That's at least, let's just say these two things are as equally big um, yep. because of the need. So, yeah. When you when you sign a starter, it's it's a big commitment. Yeah. Um, and so, at left yes. tackle. <laughs> is anyone saying that uh, Kunta is the best prospect they signed? No. Nobody is saying that. I'm but, saying I'm saying Spencer Holstage is maybe the very best very, transfer very very possibly, but uh, in terms of um, and again in terms of the uh, difference between him and what would have been taking place at left tackle without him, uh, it's obviously significant. Um, we also didn't we didn't have the opportunity to talk about Zeke Thomas. Zeke. Um. Uh, this is really funny because uh, UCLA football recruiting has, has moved into kind of a new era under Chip Kelly. And this is kind of a um, an echo of Chip Kelly's recruiting the first couple of seasons at UCLA. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, he's, his other offers are various college colleges of the minds. <laughs> yeah, this is... Um... So uh, I'm confused about this one myself. Is this uh, so? Uh, I saw the name Brian Norwood, um, the one who uh, initially contacted him, and then Brandon's story. I mean, it sounds like he's pretty much locked in uh, as soon as UCLA officially admits him. Um, wh- what do you think of this guy? Huh. 
I mean, we. Uh, I'm all about the evaluation. I'm, I'm all about that you can find diamonds in the rough. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're very, very, very rare. And use, this UCLA staff has attempted that various times to to not a great hit rate, I'd say. I, I mean, if you're talking like John Gaines, John Gaines had had an FBS offer, you know, a Power 5 offer. Um, uh, Hayden Harris, let's say, he came from a big program in, in, in Washington. Um, this is... Uh, who is the JC? See, I lose the names. Who is the JC defensive lineman from San Diego area? Six seven kid. How long ago? Oh, three years ago. Two years ago. Remember, played. He he got. He played a little. Got spacing. Uh, um, uh, Steve Mason. That's yeah. Was it Steve Mason? Stephen Mason. Yeah. Um, I think it's something along those lines. I just can't believe. That they're going to find someone who will come in and is no one else spotted him, and he's going to come in and have a huge impact. And he only he has two years uh, of eligibility left. Six four, two hundred pounds. Looks like a tweener between a safety and a linebacker. Maybe he plugs in at that that pseudo nickel linebacker role that you silly that everyone uses these days um hasn't verbally committed yet but uh, from what i hear he's just waiting on some academics he'll he'll finish up probably in february at college of the sequoias and then probably enroll in time for spring quarter pretty much a done deal on that one you you could say so that will be I kind of maybe get it. Why, if you have some scholarships, let's roll the dice with a guy who's got some measurables. Um, but I, I don't, from a fan standpoint, I don't think we can really, realistically expect that much. No, 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 I wouldn't. Um, okay. Well, do we have anything else? Well, I mean, does every there was a flurry of twenty twenty four offers just to bring that up. Which is encouraging. <laughs> the more the more high school players that UCLA offers, it's just you know good. It's a good thing. Um, I know everyone will come away saying no Bill McGovern update. It's it's still pretty much where it was. Um, it's going to come down to uh, an assessment of Bill McGovern's capabilities to fulfill the role of defensive coordinator. Um, Most of the people around the situation believe that he still will not be the defensive coordinator next year. But dang, given, given the situation, those parameters, anything could happen at this point, I'd say, but I'd still given the information. I know the specifics, which I, I really just can't share. I, I still am coming down on the side that I don't think he will be defensive coordinator next year. And it could be, there could be some movement. I know people hate this because I say this and then it lasts longer because things change. Could be some movement, you know, within a couple of weeks of in February. Okay. All right. Is that okay, Dave? 
That works for me. Okay. I think that was uh, effective. I think it was succinct, and I think you nailed it. God, I want to have you around all the time. I'm a positive person. I uh, bring positivity wherever I go. Let's probably, on that note, let's probably end this on, again, emphasizing men of Westwood. Give to men of Westwood. Basketball and football. You guys, uh, the bros are doing well. You, you bros are crushing it. Uh, the, the giving between uh, whatever that was. Was that Thursday? Yeah. No, uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. and today has been uh, profound. Oh, I uh, guess everyone wants to talk about Gary Bryant. He didn't show up. Now, like Greg Biggins said, and just so uh, um, brilliantly elucidated on us all on this, it wasn't set in time. He just thought he might go up there Wednesday. He didn't. He never showed. Who knows what that means for UCLA's recruitment of him. I've been saying after they got Kyle Ford, it was probably unlikely. Gary Bryant would have to probably say no to a lot of NIL money from Arizona to choose to stay in Southern California at UCLA to play college football. Okay, just wanted there, to get that out of the way. No, but men of Westwood, guys, doing well. You're doing Much great. appreciated. You're doing great. Not not from us. I mean, <laughs> from from others. We're conveying it on their behalf. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Bruno Port Online, and we'll talk to you again next time. See y'all. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24/7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.